Hi there, and welcome to Musings of a High Achiever. I'm Mackie, and this is the podcast for type A high achieving personalities that are interested in understanding their conditioning and mindset and learning how to make some changes in those very challenging areas if that is something that you're interested in doing. So today I want to talk about the topic of self-confidence versus self-worth. This is one of those topics that when it comes up in conversation with a client or maybe uh, during a speaking engagement, triggers quite a bit of discomfort. And I totally understand that because I personally experienced a lot of discomfort when I recognized that despite my self-confidence, I had some challenges in the area of self-worth. The reason I want to talk about this is because it feels really critical to being able to shift your experience around feeling like you can go after what it is that you want to go after and really beginning to detach yourself from what other people think or feel or believe it is that you should be doing, how you should be acting, the decisions you should be making. Really, it applies across the board. And I think the reason this makes people so uncomfortable and the reason it made me so uncomfortable is because we have this idea that if we carry ourselves with confidence, that it means we feel really good about ourselves and it means that we under, we know what we're doing. It means that we have our shit together, maybe that more than anything. And the reality is that there's a fundamental difference between how self-confidence is created and gained and the way that we process our self-worth. So let's talk about that a little bit. When I think about this, here's how I think about it. Confidence is something that we gain through the validation and feedback of others, as well as our own observations of what we're good at. What do I mean by that? If you're a really good presenter, for instance, one of the ways that you become a good presenter or appreciate that you're a good presenter is that when you present, people will often tell you, that was great, you're amazing, you have great presence, what a powerful topic, you're so good at this, whatever those words are. And what that does is reinforces for you whatever it was that you did during that presentation, whether it was the way you carried yourself, your use of humor, uh, just a really deep understanding of your topic, whatever, whatever the case may be. And you understand that those things came together to help you do a really good job. And then you can internalize that and know, typically speaking, when I present in this way with these approaches, and this strategy, I get great feedback and it resonates with people. Therefore, I am in a feedback loop between myself and other people where I continue to shore up how I feel about the way that I approach this topic because other people are also reflecting back to me that it's really landing and resonating with them. You build confidence because that feedback mechanism exists. And that doesn't make it less valid. We, we all need people to give us feedback, right? That's just a part of life. We are a relational species. We, we are in conversation with others. When we present, we want something back. When we show up and we do something well, it helps us understand, hey, this is something that's a strength of mine. And it, it works in this really nice way to help us continue down the path of building our expertise and our mastery of different subjects and topics, whatever those may be. But having that doesn't always mean that you have a strong sense of your self-worth. Because self-worth is about knowing your value regardless of any outside feedback that you may get. Let me say that again. 
Self-worth is about knowing your value regardless of any outside feedback you may get that either feeds that sense of self-worth or attempts to detract from a sense of self-worth. This was the realization I personally had, that despite the confidence that I had in my area of expertise and showing up in a room and knowing what to say and being able to form strong bonds with people and build consensus and do all of those things, it didn't translate to me actually understanding my own value. And here is how I knew that. And here's how I came to understand that, I should say. And here is a really good litmus test for you. How to know if self-worth is an issue for you, even if you are self-confident, is if you feel a consistent need to prove yourself. It may even be a compulsive need to prove yourself and one that you aren't even fully conscious of. This could look like getting all the accolades and recognition in the world for a job well done, getting promoted, getting more money. And when you're faced with the next challenge, feeling full of self-doubt about whether or not you're the right person to do it, whether or not you can do it, or feeling a really strong need to do it in a very specific way so that you can prove you were worthy of that recognition. That is when you know that your fundamental experience with self-worth could be a challenge for you, even if you are confident in the way that you go about doing your work. This can also show up for you if you feel really thrown off, if somebody criticizes you, or if you get a lukewarm reception to something that you were really excited about. When your sense of self-worth is really strong, you're able to weather the storm of whatever might be coming back to you because you get to the point where you recognize that other person may just not resonate with what it is that you are bringing to the table. They may not see the value of what you bring, but it doesn't mean there is no value in what you bring. It doesn't throw you off your game or make you question yourself just because someone else that you're in communication with doesn't get it. Here's the other thing that becomes triggering in this conversation. It can feel kind of overwhelming, like, well, oh my gosh, if I have all this self-confidence, but it's not really translating to self-worth, like, how do I fix that? What is the fix? And the unfortunate reality is it is not a quick fix, but none of the stuff that we address in terms of conditioning for type A personalities is a straightforward, quick, fast Band-Aid approach, right? None of this is fast, but here's the really good news about it. It's absolutely possible to develop your sense of self-worth. It will require patience on your part, and it will require you being very tuned in to where these energies are showing up for you so that you can identify the fact that this is a problem for you in any given scenario. The first thing that you have to do is be aware of when, let's say you get criticism for something and it really lands with you and you can't stop thinking about it and you go over and over it again in your mind and you try to start planning for how you're going to get around that particular issue next time so that you don't get the same feedback or you start to think, well, maybe I'm not as good at that thing as I thought I was. And it just basically blows up your whole world that someone didn't get what you were saying or didn't see the value in what you were saying in that moment. You need to fact check yourself in that moment and ask, did I feel good and strong about the way I represented this topic, belief, whatever it is that you presented in that moment conversation? And I'm not talking about formal presentations. I just mean in communication, in a dynamic, whatever the case may be. And if you can look at that and honestly assess, yeah, I felt really strong about the way that came out. It felt really good. It felt really real and authentic to me. Therefore, that person not resonating with what I said 
is not a reflection on my inability to communicate something effectively and being okay with having conviction about that instead of being 100% dependent on that person seeing you in a particular way (laughs) that gives you back exactly the feedback that you're looking for in order to be okay. Now, in that case, that's where you do the fact check and you say, nope, felt really good and strong about it. And that is where you decide, I'm cool with the fact that they didn't get it. And that decision is how you start to fill that void where your self-worth will begin to build up. You start to lay the bricks and the foundation in those transaction by transaction. And I don't mean to suggest that relationships are transactional, but if you look at each individual opportunity is probably a better word, when you're in communication with someone and it just didn't go the way that you wanted it to go and then you're able to assess it with a little bit of a cool head instead of one where you're spiraling because you feel like you must have done something wrong that this person isn't giving you the feedback that you're craving, you have that opportunity in every one of those interactions to review it quickly, go over it and say, yeah, no, I feel good about that, I'm cool, I'm gonna move on. And every single time you do that, what you're doing is building up that self-worth. And it really does happen in that layer by layer approach. This is not a suddenly you have to do everything right in order to actually build up your sense of your own value. It's literally a an opportunity by opportunity effort. And it's a quick one. Think about it, look at it. What's uncomfortable about it? Did you feel good about the way you showed up? The answer is yes. Did you feel about good about what you said? The answer is yes. Okay, then this is not a me issue. I'm gonna move on from here because I know that I have value even if the other person that I'm talking to doesn't see it. And that's how you do it. You lay these bricks, this this foundational approach to you appreciating your own value by looking at when you're really uncomfortable and deciding there was something real here for me to look at or there wasn't. And so in the opposite case where let's say somebody didn't really understand the value that you were that you're bringing to the table in that that particular interaction, if you review that and you think, I was kind of muddled in my approach and I really didn't say what I wanted to say, and then you think of all these things after the fact that you could have said that would have made it more clear, then that is an opportunity for you to think about, okay, well, how can I be a better communicator about what it is that I'm trying to say in a way that improves the chance that that other person is actually gonna be able to resonate with what I just said? Then you have that opportunity and you don't have to be in this place where you beat yourself up and think, oh my God, I should have totally presented this a different way and I totally suck and I I knew it, I can't do this. This is what I always do and basically spiraling into this scenario of doom where you're beating the shit out of yourself. And instead you say, yeah, I could have done a better job. Let me think about that a little bit. Let me maybe jot down some notes. Maybe I'll even reapproach that person if it's important enough to me and say, hey, you know what? I just don't feel like I did a really good job of presenting to you what I wanted to say. So here's some points of clarification and then let it go. Let that person either come back to you and say, yeah, you know what? Actually, I really get that now. In which case, once again, you're able to look and see, hey, I felt really good about that second attempt and it did improve their ability to appreciate what I was saying. And if they don't, and they're still like, yeah, I still don't get it, not your problem. Has no reflection on the value that you are bringing in your interactions at all. It's just that some people aren't gonna resonate with you or resonate with your ideas or think that you have something to say that they wanna hear. That's okay. I wanna use a different, I'm gonna use a different um, scenario basically to illustrate the same point. So 
I think a lot of people can really relate to examples that have to do with things that we do physically to improve like our physical health or the way that we look or what become stronger because those are the evidence that you have done work that has made a difference is usually apparent in terms of what you see on the outside right and when we're talking about things that have to do with mindset and the way that you relate and the way that you feel those are much more abstract very very powerful just because we can't always explain why it feels like such a shift for us doesn't mean it's not valid but I want to use an example that has a little bit more concrete evidence, if you will, to illustrate this point. When you are trying to make a physical change, or maybe when you are trying to maybe train for an event, you do not have an expectation that you're going to go from, well, I've never done that before to being an expert at something. So let's say you take up a sport. Let's say it's tennis or golf or when you were a kid, it's, it was running or, or football or whatever it was. There was no part of you that expected to pick something up and be awesome at it right away. And I don't know why, but people tend to think that when it comes to the way that your mind works and the way that you think and, and operate in the world, that it's supposed to be this quick fix thing. Like if you just do it like this and do it differently, then suddenly everything changes. It can be helpful to think of the way that you think and process, and I don't want to be too cerebral here because there's so much more to it than just your mind. A lot of the work that we're talking about is actually spiritual in nature, and I don't talk about it that way very often because I know a lot of people don't resonate with that. It doesn't really matter what your belief system is, but who we are is so much more than just our minds and the way that we think about things because we have instincts, we have intuition, we have a whole range of experiences that don't really have a ton to do with our mind. Our mind may process those experiences, but th those experiences don't originate in our cerebral space necessarily. But for some reason, we have this expectation that when I want to do something differently or think differently, like that should just happen immediately because I'm starting to uh, do this different approach. And it's frankly, it's bullshit. And I think it's one of the reasons why a lot of people give up on the kind of work that it takes to make fundamental change in the way that you approach your life and the world because there isn't a way to measure immediate results and there's also no way to get feedback necessarily on those results the way that you do if let's say you spend six months working out and really eating you know in a certain kind of way and you get these amazing results and people can see them and then you get all this feedback right so this kind of goes back to that confidence feedback loop that we talked about where you're getting input from the outside that tells you, hey, dude, you're doing a great job, keep going. But so let's say you're getting ready to make some kind of a change physically. There's generally an appreciation that this is going to take time. I'm going to have to either hit the gym for a certain amount of time in a certain kind of way with certain exercises, depending on my goals, and loop in my nutrition to that in a way that looks different than it's looked. And I'm going to have to do that for a while. And I'm going to have to kind of try some things and see what works and see what happens and maybe make some adjustments in both the exercise and the nutrition part. And of course, alongside of that, everything that you're having to do with your mind is equally important because that is going to be the tool that's really going to keep you committed to getting a particular outcome. And you understand this may take weeks, months, in other cases, years to get the results that I'm really striving for. And then I'm gonna to have to be consistent if I want to keep those results. And people seem to have an understanding of that when it comes to changing our bodies. And they don't seem to have an understanding of that as much when it comes to changing your mindset. But if you can think of your mindset as a muscle in the same way that you think of your 
body as being made up of muscles and, you know, a, a system of things that when you work them a certain way and you feed them a certain way, they will respond. And you can think of your mindset the same way. It's going to equip you to be in the game for the long haul. You cannot bypass the process of change. And we see this all the time. I want to go back to a physical example. I might be really dating the hell out of myself by bringing this up, but some of you may remember that for really a long time, there was a show called The Biggest Loser that was super popular on TV. People loved to watch it because you'd see these people make these massive transformations in their bodies and you'd see their struggle and you would see the pain and you would see what they went through in order to just completely change the way that they looked. And there was lots of, you know, happy tears and, and, and a lot of tears of pain and frustration right along the way. But you kind of got to watch that transformation and everything that it entailed to get to that point. Now, one of the things that happened after that show had been on the air for a while was a sh- just a shit ton of criticism because they were like, these people get these results and then they cannot maintain them. Because the way that the results were achieved was under such extreme circumstances that are really not sustainable for the long term that they just can't keep it up. The people that got the great results can't keep up the way that they got the great results because it's not sustainable. It wasn't sustainable to maybe eat a severely restricted diet or maybe to work out as much as they were being expected to work out and give up some of life's joys and pleasures in order to have those things. So it's so important to do things in a way that is sustainable and often throwing everything at a situation in order to get really fast changes is basically a near guarantee that whatever changes you achieve are not going to stick. So if you throw yourself into the ringer and think, okay, well, I've got this self-confidence going for me, but my self-worth is an issue. And so I just need to like double down because this is how I do everything. I become very goal oriented and I'm going to like map the whole thing out and I'm going to become completely crazy and I'm just going to like be psychotically, you know, committed to doing it because I want the results now because I don't want to be uncomfortable and I just want to get to the place where everything feels better. And if you're anything like me, you know, I've done that shit too. So I know what I'm talking about. That may be the way you're thinking about it. And that is not going to get you sustainable long-lasting or even good feeling change. It's just not. The key is steady, consistent, patient effort to get to a place where you really are operating differently in a way that is not only sustainable, but becomes second nature. This stuff really can become second nature. You won't have to think about it that much. You'll just start making decisions based on your self-worth even when you know the other person isn't going to like it, even if it means you are completely detached from the feedback they have for you, which they may not like, but that's not your problem. Don't try to bypass or fast forward through a process. Remind yourself that when people do that, it's often not sustainable because you're not making real change. And that's why bypass isn't possible. You can't just decide, well, I'm just going to do it this way and I'm going to get a quick result and it's going to be really great and it's going to be really sustainable. No, why would it be? You didn't actually do the work. This is effort worth putting in. And if you can be patient with yourself and understand that persistence is necessary and be okay with the discomfort and the frustration that comes with it, because it will be frustrating at times. Just like any other thing that you work towards is frustrating at times. You know, same examples. If you've ever been on a fitness journey or been on a competitive journey when it comes to something athletic, 
you understand that there are times when you make great progress and it's really steady and then you hit a plateau. And that's when you know something else needs to change. I got to tweak something. I got to do something differently. Maybe I just need to step back. Because here's the thing about this too. If you let the frustration or the plateau whip you up into a frenzy where you feel like the answer is just to push harder and try harder, that will backfire. And all of our conditioning, unfortunately, societally is, well, just keep pushing. Just keep pushing. No, bullshit. Sometimes that is not the answer. Sometimes the answer is admitting, I don't like this. This feels like shit. I really don't like being in this situation. I'm really tired of feeling this way. Also, there's no immediate answer in this moment. Part of what I need to do is marinate in this. I need to focus on other things right now while the answers are not clear to me. Maybe it's reading a book. Maybe it's going for a run. Maybe it's watching a movie. Whatever it is, I need to take my mind off it because fighting through it is not always the answer. Sometimes you just have to be okay with being uncomfortable for a little while and finding ways to not be focused on that discomfort while clarity continues to come in for you. So to reiterate, this challenge of self-confidence versus self-worth is critically important for your journey. Most of the people that I work with, talk to, interact with, hugely self-confident, very talented, highly intelligent, amazing human beings, capable of so much more than they're even able to perceive. And they can stay stuck in places where their confidence is high because they've proved and have been given feedback that they can do those things really well. And it's when they have the sense that I could be doing more or maybe I wanna do something different that the self-worth question becomes really important because then if you don't have the foundation of self-worth, you can talk yourself out of taking a chance, taking a risk because you haven't had the opportunity for the feedback or the confidence to build yet. Be patient. Let yourself go through the process. Understand there's no bypass. Do it one interaction, one realization at a time. Be okay with having it not feel so great at times, but also know that when you make those small choices, tweaks, and decisions, how good you will feel in those moments afterwards or in reflection, and not even like, and I'm not talking about hindsight, I'm talking about, you know, you make the decision to operate from a place of self-worth in a particular interaction and the next day even, you're able to look at that and go, hey, you know, that was pretty badass. And I actually feel really good about not letting the lack of positive feedback get to me. That is how you continue to grow that piece of yourself. It's a really important mental muscle to work on. It's worth the effort and it's worth the persistence. Okay, so thanks for listening to my rant. I will definitely be back soon with more. If this was helpful to you, please share. I would love to reach as many people as possible who need this message. Um, if you feel called to do so, even leaving a rating, you don't even have to write a review, but rating the podcast is hugely helpful to me as well. So thank you so much for listening if you hung in this far and I will be back soon for more of these exciting topics in the near future.